Welcome to the Yoni Codes. I'm Melissa April. And I'm Catherine Blanco. Together, through the lens of rebirth, we uncover the mystery teachings of the sacred feminine. This includes all that we create and birth into the world and the rites of passage we walk through as women. We touch on all facets of womanhood because just like you, we're mothers, creatives, entrepreneurs, and lovers. And we seek a more truthful, sovereign, and authentic experience of life for ourselves, our children, and the collective consciousness. These powerful conversations use the codes of creation as wisdom teachers for a beautiful life. We can't wait to dive in with you. Welcome back to season three. We are thrilled to be here today. Uh, bringing you our first conversation of the new season. And what are we speaking to today, Melissa? (laughs) We're talking about free birth and not just as it relates to childbirth, the unhindered, unobserved free birthing process, but also how it relates to how we create anything in our life. And Mm -hmm. the, the parallels are striking. <laughs> it's Absolutely. Really, it's really quite incredible. And I feel like this is the angle that we're weaving into the third season of the Yoni Codes is, and we've already been doing this, but we've, yeah, something came through, a channel came through and really opened us up to what this show is really about and and what we're really trying to create here. And that's that birth is a teacher for life. You know, the create the procreation process is a teacher for creation in all forms. It's the macrocosm of the microcosm. And with Catherine's incredible expertise and wisdom that she brings in her work and all that I bring from my work uh, in creation intelligence and rebirth, it's it's going to be a really, really impactful, powerful, powerful season. And so if you are a mother, you desire to be a mother, or you know someone who's a mother, which you do, <laughs> we all do, I feel that this conversation is is honestly relevant for everybody. Because if Absolutely. we can, if we can use this as a portal, if we can use these conversations and we can use these concepts and we can use this like primordial wisdom that lives within all of us as a teacher, our world would be a very different place. I really, truly, honestly believe that. I believe that too. And I, as someone coming from like the physical birth world, I wonder how how much more um, access women would have to more low intervention births if they were in touch with their inner creative intelligence. And so I feel like it goes in both ways, both ways that this, um, that these conversations, these dynamic conversations that we're bringing to season three can also be a really great place to start um, in your womanhood journey as you are moving towards motherhood or expanding on mothering yourself as well. Yeah. I really think that we're, what we're speaking to is the mother archetype Mm -hmm. and we all have this within us, all of us. And so you don't need to be a mother to human children (laughs) to 
really benefit from these stories and these conversations that we're having um, because I feel like we need more of that mother archetype in general, like women really holding themselves as sovereign and powerful and creators and, you know, we're the holders of society, we're the keepers of the wisdom and, um, and remembering this comes through sharing our stories and sharing and talking and opening ourselves to these kinds of big conversations and these themes and this wisdom that just like percolates in our DNA. And so this is the conversation that we're having in season three and beyond. And um, today we're just diving into a really fucking amazing conversation around free birth. And yeah, there's some curveballs. There's some, there's some triggers in there that are activated and we dive into those. And so (laughs) stay tuned, grab a tea or listen to it in your car, whatever, where, where, however you decide to tune into Yoni Codes um, and enjoy the show. And we would love yeah. to hear from you um, how this landed. And we're really happy that um, that you're with us, whether this be your first uh, episode that you're tun- tuning into, or if you've been with us um, through the last two seasons, we look forward to hearing from you and we'd love your feedback if you could go to iTunes and leave us a review that would make a huge impact in um, getting our podcast out there on ears um, that need to hear these stories. Yeah. And this is all going to be in the show notes for you and recapped in our outro, but just so you know, some changes in how we're going to be showing up outside of the the show that the that you receive <laughs> weekly um is we're going to have a mailing list um that's going to um be a really great place for you to get um exclusive content and recordings um even p- more personal more juicy stories that we've got to share um we're going to be doing a yoni code sister circle that's going to be online once a month which is kind of a community call, a touch point to have like a fireside chat with us. Um, is that we, we were, we really want to have conversations with you and, um, hear your voices too. And we feel like this is a a good way to, to do that. We've been trying to figure out a way for this to come together in a way that feels really good for both of us and and for the community. So we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be rocking this um, in season three. So um, you can head to the link in the show notes that will show you exactly where to sign up for the mailing list. And we promise we'll only send... Um, we're not going to spam you. We're not going to send you 800 emails. Yeah. Probably one or two emails a month. And one of those emails will include the link to our fireside chat, um, where we'll, we'll get together and speak to a specific, um, Yoni code and have a little light ceremony and connection time. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. All right. Loves buckle up. We're going to dive into the show. Enjoy. My desire to give birth to Cora the way I did 
didn't come from my ego. It didn't come from me. <laughs> like it feels like it, a lot of it came from the creation that wanted to come through me, which was Cora. So I feel like the same thing, it can transfer over into any aspect of our creativity that sometimes the thing that we want to create and come through us is asking to be born in a certain way, whether we are prepared or not to go there is up to us to just like to, to walk through. But I feel like a lot of times like with, um, yeah, with art as with literal life moving through us, they are an entity too, that are speaking to us and through us. And are you able to open up to expand, to hold that and hear that and listen to that and then follow through? Even if it fucking scares you. (laughs) Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yes. I was talking with a friend of mine who's pregnant and she was, you know, she's in the earlier stages of pregnancy. And there's just like, yeah, that fear coming up of the what ifs and the unknowns and the uncertainties. And, and I, yeah, I, I just said to her, you know, and I believe that this is something, this actually might've been something that you had said to me or Jasmine, uh, but, you know, something that gave me a lot of comfort during my pregnancy was it's not all on me. Like there's two stories being told here. One is the story that I'm telling in my path and my journey. And then, and then there's the baby or the babies in my case mm-hmm. and their story. And I, my body is doing so much that I like, I don't even have to even be conscious. <laughs> my body's intelligence just knows what to do. Consciously I show up and I do what I can to hold space for my body to do what it needs to do. Exactly. And that might be different on every given day. You never know what's going to happen. You know, whatever space you're going to be in your best might look different every day. Mm-hmm. And then that's about it. And then the rest is like, I feel like it's that energetic invitation into surrender and into trusting that the process is going to go how the process is going to go. And that you're the baby or babies in my case also have their own journey and story and path that they're weaving. And I actually have no control over that. And that gave me so much comfort. Mm-hmm. It's like there, and I, you know, there's, yeah, there's just so much that we can communicate through psychically with your baby um, in how they're wanting to be expressed and how they're wanting to come into the world and how they're, and I really, really believe in the power of that. Um, mm-hmm. And it is so much like art and anything that we're birthing and creating into the world. Are we really listening? And can we trust the other side? Can we trust the entity or the intelligence of whatever it is that you're creating also has a path and a journey, whether yeah. that's a life or it's a, you know, a body of work or something like that, that also has in its sense, in a sense, its own conscience consciousness. Exactly. Or a death too. Yeah. Or a death. Cause uh, with, with this process, there is 
that aspect that can come in is the the darker side of birth is death. And can you trust that if death is what is meeting you on the other side of your creation, whether or the birth process, whether that be something you are creating a piece of art or a program (laughs) or like a launch of a new offer, can you accept that on the other side of that, it may not survive. You go through the, the gestation process and the birth process and well, actually all the way back to the conception process, it's the continuum. And then when you go and birth that project or that human, you're also letting go of not knowing if, if that is going to land safely on the earth or if, if that was the journey and now it's not being met and, and that's the end of the journey. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really morbid and it, but it is a big piece of uh, the true path of walking yourself sovereignly through the creation process, whether that be again, birthing art or birthing a human, there are, it's a duality. You're walking into birth and life and joy and ecstasy. And then there's that shadow side of death and terror and pain. Mm -hmm. And it is heavy. And that's why I, I feel like if you check out my social media or even meet me in person at like a birth event or a prenatal yoga class, you won't hear me advocating or shouting all about free birth because I don't believe that it's this dogmatic approach to giving birth. I don't believe that this is the way for every woman. Um, in reality, midwifery is as old as time. Women have been giving birth with wit- women witnesses forever. Um, so I I do, I am careful in in how I speak about it because there were no guarantees that I was going to be holding a pink screaming baby. Um after after birthing her alone in my bathroom with just my husband witnessing there was no guarantee how that was going to unfold and there's also no guarantee how it's going to unfold if there are medical presence just going to say that obviously however i'm not certified in neonatal resuscitation and neither is my husband and um it's it's one of those things where we were aware of the risks and we were aware of the heaviness of the situation that we could potentially be inviting into our world. And at the same time, I couldn't envision it any other way. I couldn't envision the birth unfolding any other way than just with him and I, and I, for a long time, I actually just envisioned me and it was really hard to wrestle with because again, like we spoke to, it was the creation that wanted to come through me. And when I say the creation, like 
the contents in my womb. (laughs) Cora was speaking to me very clearly and even the boundaries around her pregnancy and the, the testing that I opted in or out of was very strong yeses and nos from my baby. And I'm like, who are you? (laughs) I'm just like, so my skin, I've got like little knives like thousands of them poking skin right now just chills it's so powerful oh my god and like brings tears to my eyes how potent that is and and like you yeah I guess that's not that communication necessarily wasn't there between you and your other babies meaning that wasn't a request that they were making of you no, mm-hmm. it didn't come through. Um, and it was, it was interesting too, because I like not many years prior, like in 2018, when I even started hearing about women birthing without medical assistance and, um, and like the women that walked that path of holding space without medical license. And I'm like, wow, that's so radical. It's so beautiful. It's so amazing. But that could never, never be me. And it, I just, it didn't seem like it would ever be a part of my story. And then I was invited to be a part of um, a woman's birth where she was planning not to invite medical attendants. And I worked with her for six months in her pregnancy and her birth happened actually 10 or not even 10 days, seven days after my conception of Cora. And it felt like an initiation. So I, I had a very strong feeling that I was pregnant with her and then I experienced like one week after conception, I experienced my first free birth, um, witness my first free birth. And it was like, yeah, within a few weeks, I confirmed the pregnancy with the pregnancy test, even though I knew. And when I called I did get midwifery care. And when I called, they wanted to immediately put me um, into the system with a ultrasound, a dating ultrasound. And I heard myself say no. And I, and it was the very first time I opted out of that in all, all four of my pregnancies. Um, Also a big reason for that is because I have twins in my family and the idea of finding out early felt good to find out if it was twins like that for me for each pregnancy but I heard myself say no I'm very and I was like suddenly very confident in when I got pregnant and how how I wasn't gonna opt out of this and that was like sort of the first no and then I started getting visions of the birth and and yeah it was interesting just the the path through my first trimester of like really leaning into this spirit that kept on saying how how she wanted to be born and this vision of the birth. Mm. 
kept coming through and it's wild because the vision that I saw, I think around 10 weeks, 11 weeks pregnant is actually exactly how she ended up being born. But it sounds like (laughs) when I say that, it's almost like, oh, that sounds so simple, but there was so much work, so much unearthing of deep, dark fears and also bringing some lightness and recognition to the fact that I didn't see it going any other way, but in a positive way too. Mm -hmm. It was like holding like, okay, if, if something unfolds that wasn't in my highest vision for myself, I need to trust that I am capable of handling it. This is very different Mm -hmm. than being prepared to handle it in a physical, like emergency preparedness sense, like having your band-aids and, you know, like medical equipment. That's not what I'm talking about, but more that I would have the spiritual fortitude to handle whatever came up in my birth experience. Mm. And that anything that were to unfold, really leaning into that it would be for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how do we move that over to creating art or creating something in our world or creating mm-hmm. our relationships with people? Like how, how do we overlap that and, and uh, glean the wisdom from the potency of trusting that the universe that's ultimately like the universe has your back and that the things that are unfolding are for you. And mm-hmm. yeah. How, Melissa, yeah. how, how, how do we, well, there's just answer, so many, answer. there's so many, <laughs> all, all knowing, the all knowing Oracle. <laughs> well, there's a couple Reflect of back all of the answers. <laughs> well, just as you're talking, I'm like, I feel like it's important to distinguish because I feel like there's two pieces here. There's one piece where it's like, as the person creating this life, the baby, the, I'm just going to say the baby, because this is what we're talking about as the person with carrying this baby, how, how do you, it's like, you need to be in a place where you really have this deep trust with your body so that you can actually hear the wisdom coming through. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's like that. And then I think where a lot of people would get tripped up is like, there's either a disconnection from the body or they're probably because of all the programming. Well, definitely because of all the programming. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And so we're programmed to not trust ourselves. We're programmed to not trust our bodies. So if we don't trust ourselves, how can we trust baby? How can we trust our creative intelligence that wants to come through and birth through us, like literally using us as a channel to to come through in the way that they need to. And so I remember actually conversations with you because Catherine speaking to you audience, (laughs) Catherine was my, one of my, one of my birth keepers. And I spent, spent a lot of time with her and I was with her while she was carrying Cora. And I remember, I remember these conversations and you telling me like, I have to check my ego. Like, 
I've been checking my ego to, to make sure that I'm not just doing this to, to say that I did or to totally prove to myself that I can like removing that from the equation. Mm -hmm. And like, that takes so much personal, like sovereignty and fortitude and to be able to trust yourself on that level, to be able to tune into the communication that's coming through from the other side, from the other equation, from the other part of the equation, that's just as much of a part of the whole um, creative process as you are. Mm -hmm. So how, like, say, say Cora is this like, you know, she's just like this divine being, which she is, she's amazing, but you know, she has this mission and she's coming through you and she's, you know, do you feel like if you were in a different state of your, in, in your life, do you feel like you would have been able to receive those messages the way that you did? That's a great question. I, I don't think so. I think that I, yeah, I actually, I truly don't think so. I feel like this, like, there is so much around this baby's conception and her pregnancy and then the timing of her birth and her postpartum period that feel so divinely aligned. It's a big reason why I've been so private about like I, (laughs) about my pregnancy and, um, and my birth experience, because it just, it feels so sacred to me. Um, because I had always saw three kids. I always thought like Jose and I, we, my husband and I, we, for the audience, like we've been together for 21 years. And when we were first dating, like I was just right out of high school and, um, Jose wanted to have five kids. And I was like, okay, you're crazy. (laughs) I want two. So let's have three. And of course we're so cute. We're like 18 and 20. (laughs) And, and so, but I always like felt like I was going to marry Jose and we were going to have three kids. And this was just the plan. And we had our three kids and in 2020 at the fall of 2020, I got this knock on my door on my spiritual door (laughs) like (laughs) we want to come through there was two spirits two spirit babies and then I sat with them and one of them actually turned away and I'm like what does that mean I didn't know what that meant um but I felt the one spirit baby stay and I talked to Jose about it And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I know it's crazy. (laughs) We're just like, our son's just sleeping through the night and we're getting our bed back. And oh, like, feels good uh, to sort of start to have a little bit more um, separation from our babies as they're getting older. (laughs) And then I tell them, like, I feel another spirit. And he's like, okay okay (laughs) and it actually landed on really soft ears and it sounded like okay really like okay let's see what happens and within two cycles 
core. It was in my womb. And that alone, like her conception being so easeful, um, all of my conception journeys honestly have been fairly easeful experiences. However, something about this one just, it was like, it felt very direct and, um, and the way I received her shaped the whole, the whole pregnancy. Um, I guess I think the opening up to, to, um, conceive her allowed for more communication this time than I had had. Mm. Yeah. It was, and I've, I've listened to other women talk about their, their, um, spirit baby connections and different pregnancies will elicit different connections with, with babies too. So, so in my long winded way of answering this question, like, no, I really don't like I, this path was meant for this baby um, specifically, but she asked to be born the way she was born. And, and I wouldn't have been able to hear it had she come in at a different time Mm -hmm. because I had to, I had to be at a level of understanding and um, love with my own body Mm -hmm. that I could trust myself to hold her, her desire. Yeah. 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 It's interesting as you're sharing this, I'm thinking back to my pregnancy and it was a very clear, um, it was a very clear knowing that they wanted to be birthed vaginally. And I, I know with twins too, it's like, there's a lot that's like, you're probably going to end up in emergency C-section. So you should just opt for one to begin with. And um, there was a lot of that, but I, I knew like from the beginning, I was like, no, (laughs) you know, and now that you're talking about it, I'm like, this was what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that everything that I did in my pregnancy was to help me have a vaginal delivery. Like, it's not about that, but it kind of set me on this path of how I went about my pregnancy and the kinds of support that I enrolled into my life. And I know I didn't have a free birth in my bathroom. Like Catherine had a beautiful birth. I had the perfect birth that was for me and for these two babies. But um, it led me to make every, every single decision that I made was because I had this knowing of how I wanted how I knew it was supposed to go and how I, who I needed to have on my side, supporting me, having my back for it to happen the way that it did. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, that, that sparked all sorts of like healing and past life healing and healing of my lineage and like the shadow work involved. Like it's, it sounds actually like, and I don't know if this might be, um, I'm almost wondering, do or is there a way that we're redef- we can redefine free birth? Like my mm-hmm. whole thing was like, I want to have an empowered birth, but mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I want to have a free, I want to feel free to birth mm-hmm. my baby the way that my baby wants to be birthed, the way that I want to experience my birth and the, who I become at the other side of it. I want to, f- I want to be free to become that person. Mm. And maybe there's a different term for that, but I feel like 
there's so many parallels here. Oh yeah. And what came to me, like the big um, rebirth that I went through was actually starting to see myself as this like creator of my experience. Like I really started to land in me, literally in me as I was moving through my pregnancy and starting to understand like manifestation and, and just like living this life in this world, the way that I desired to, it started to land in a very different way in my pregnancy. And I feel like there's an opera. It's like a portal. It's a portal to becoming the creatrix or the creatress or the creator of your experience of life that you desire to have. And it opens something within you. It opens you up to start. If you have the intention to do so, it will open you up to this magic that lives within you, not just when you're having a baby, but every in everything that you're doing, in your relationships, in your work, in your art, everything that you want to create in life. It's like, this is, I feel like birth becomes the portal to that if we can let it teach us and we let the baby teach us, we're, we're really like coming back to this innate intelligence within us to create. Absolutely. And statically, you know, statically. Well, and I would say, I mean, there are so many, parallels for sure between um childbirth just in general regardless of how the birth unfolds um in in how it transforms us i mean you actually don't get through childbirth without a transformation regardless of whether you have an epidural a planned c-section um a free birth on the side of a mountain near uh, a stream <laughs> like you're going to go through a transformation regardless of like the the flavor of birth that you end up choosing for yourself or ends up being um being the safest for you and your baby or babies and there is something that that I did want to bring to the conversation though, specifically around the unassisted aspect of the childbirth experience, because I had given birth three times prior to Cora and my first birth was a really powerful, empowered birth in the hospital um, system. I had a really amazing childbirth experience my first time around and I chose to give birth in the hospital for me that felt the safest at that time in my life and that birth experience and and raising Sarah changed my whole life like that she is the reason why I do birth work it wasn't my or my home births that led me to birth work. It was actually my very first birth with Sarah because, um, because I was able to have still such a powerful experience, despite being in an environment that's not necessarily set up for an ecstatic birth experience. 
Um, it's just not, that's not what, <laughs> that's not what the hospital is there for. It does not say on the door, come, <laughs> come birth here for your ecstatic experience. <laughs> Their focus is on keeping babies safe and keeping mamas safe. And, um, and with that comes some occasionally or on the, most people would say, oftentimes comes with a lot of unnecessary intervention. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then then having my other two birth experiences, I did birth at home and I invited medical uh, midwives into my into my home. And those also were really powerful experiences. However, when I overlay those experiences on my undisturbed birth with Cora, there's no comparison to the um, the work that I ended up doing to prepare myself for Cora's birth felt different. Um, and that's not to say that, um, and I'm just speaking from my own own experience in comparison in comparison to those other births, I feel like there was like, um, I had to take responsibility. I, I, it forced me to take responsibility for myself in a way that I thought I was previously. Um, but recognized I, I wasn't, I was still looking outside of myself Mm. for, for um, reassurance that things were okay mm-hmm. and um, and relying on something outside of me. Whereas with Cora's pregnancy and birth experience, those things were stripped away. And I really, it for me, it allowed for there to be quite a big mirror reflecting back at me mm-hmm. in a different way. Now, that's not to say that other women do a lot of this darker work in pregnancy, regardless of how they're deciding to, to birth their babies. Cause I know Melissa, you did walk with a lot of your shadows and unearthed and allowed it to be this healing, healing experience for you in your pregnancy. And it was one of the reasons why I was so thrilled to work with you because I love, <laughs> cause I love when, when my clients do want to go deep and do want to do this work again, regardless of how they're going to birth. Um, I found that to be very fascinating though, to be walking towards my fourth birth and thinking Mm. like the ego part of me being like, well, I've got this, I can totally do this. And then the inner mother being like, actually, (laughs) and I've been doing a lot of work with my inner mother and the, the mother archetype lately. And and a part of that um, that healing and work started in my pregnancy with Cora because that that mother voice being like, actually, this is what you were doing, and mm. do you have the capacity to step out of victim and really hold hold the the creator role and and allow your allow yourself right now to take responsibility. And not there's not a lot of opportunities in our day to day life where we get to grab onto that. Yeah, yeah. And as you're talking, I'm like, mm, 
It's like Cora was this gift for you to have that experience mm-hmm. for yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure there was some part of, and I'm sure this was part of the, the shadow work too, of like there's something in your on your in your life journey and in your um in your path that really needed to experience that specific level of personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. It was very um I feel like it was one of the most tangible ways to experience personal <laughs> responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> like in the physical realm. Right. Uh, right. Right. Like, and also again, honoring someone else's journey in it. Um, and my husband too. Um, it we, we were a little bit past a year out from that experience and we are still integrating and talking about that wild night of our, like one of the, probably the most wild night of our lives. Right. Right. Like, (laughs) yeah. 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 It's yeah. I mean, it's so powerful. Again, like you said, like no matter how you approach it, you're forever changed. Yeah. You're just forever changed. And it's this integral, or at least I've found that the integration never, I feel like it's just like this constant, it's so power. It's just so powerful. It's been so impactful integrating the experience that, that, that experience for myself. Totally. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty wild. I would love to like dive into how this shows up and, and maybe where we're invited to explore this in other areas of our life. Like this idea Mm -hmm. of like, I feel like that's what we're saying is like this personal responsibility and like detaching ourselves from our need for reassurance and this need to feel validated or for somebody else to give us like the go ahead when it comes to our lives and what we desire to have in our lives. And because I feel like that's something that most or a lot of people anyways that I know um, and work with have a hard time with. And it's like coming back to, I don't know, just sort of like this raw, really like primal experience of like, um, and, and, and maybe it's hard if you haven't had a free birth <laughs> to even understand that, you know what I mean? So it's like, how can we draw these, how can we draw these parallels and connect them and integrate them for ourselves if we haven't had that experience and how can we anchor into the wisdom that comes from it? Mm. I think we start with where we are today and how how we're responding to our external environment are we falling into the the place of feeling like everything is happening against us or the frustration of of the outer world rather than seeing where we could be making changes where we could be taking the radical responsibility for our situation um so like it, i think that's where it starts and it doesn't have to be a grand experience of of birthing a human 
by yourself in a bathroom. <laughs> it can it can start with how you react when the person in front of you slams on the brakes and you almost run into them. <laughs> you know, like how how do you react in that those types of moments? Like can you can you come back to your own personal sovereignty and how you handle small small challenges in your mm. world? Yeah. I think another piece is the one of the the things that you mentioned and which was so integral in in order for me to have a free birth or have a, a unassisted birth. So I, I don't like using the word unassisted because I do feel like it was assisted by the divine and my guides and Jose. But anyway. Um, <laughs> um but and also by my inner knowing. And I think that that is something that is really important for us as creatives, as creative beings, as um, as we look to free birth our projects with. And what I love about the word free birth is that it's also indicating that we don't have anybody observing or obstructing the process, that it's able to be unhindered, that it we're able to allow our creative expression to just open up and, and be expressed without feeling judged, without feeling um, like anybody or anything can augment the process so that what comes through is purely your creation, purely um your art, your voice, uh, mm. your writing, whatever it is that you're birthing, that it's not augmented by anybody else's point of view yeah. or judgments. So that's sort of where I go when I say free birth and, and even the, the way that it felt um, birthing Cora, like I, I felt wild and unhindered and naked and loud and quiet when I needed to be like, it was this exquisite um, dance mm. with creation mm. that like, I just wanted to savor every second of it. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I, I feel that we can get that or evoke that same magic when we're birthing our other creations into the world if we can allow ourselves the boundaries um, to hold it in a container that allows us to become unraveled and spiral and dance and move and flow where we need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's hard, you know, I always think of like, you know, great artists of, times past and mm. you know they hide away and they totally their art and you know they're you know they they're working on things for years like people work on books for years or paintings for years and you know and I'm not at all criticizing anybody who's written a book in a few months that's amazing yeah. and I bow to you because I'm not at that place in my life yet <laughs> or if ever I don't know but it's like as the creator of this this work of art that has a life of its own. It's like, you're really in the process with it and you're coming back to the writing or you're coming back to the painting or you're coming back to the, whatever it is that you're doing when it's calling to you to come. 
Mm. It's like you talk about like writer's block. Mm. Yeah. Right. You sit down. You're like, okay, I'm going to write today. I'm going to write. I'm going to write. I'm going to write. I'm going to write. And then you're like, ah, I can't think of anything. And it's like, in a way we're blocking ourselves. Like we're the observers. Yes. We're, yes. we're sitting right. And it's like, yes. to be really there, it's like, we need to be able to take our ego out of it. And we need to really be land in our body so that we can receive the call when the call comes mm-hmm. because it is being channeled through us, whether that's a birth or something else. Right. Absolutely. And that's a hard thing to do. It's so hard. It's a hard, and especially today. And we, and this applies across the board for mm-hmm. in like birth in a hospital or whatever, or at home or, or you're, you know, writing a book or you're doing whatever. Um, it's like, w- w- there's so much distraction. There's so much augmentation. There's so much we're seeing outside of ourselves and thinking we're not good enough or we can't do it or da, 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 da. Like, you know, how many people opt to just have a C-section because they don't mm-hmm. want to fucking deal with the sh- fucking shadow. Mm-hmm. Why would I have, why would I do that if I just press the easy button? Mm-hmm. And, and then, then, yeah. And then also recognizing that again, you can't bypass the transformation. So yeah. even if you end up, so like sometimes it can be seen. I just want to like, just to acknowledge that even, even if someone feels like they're going to bypass the experience, the darkness of birthing by opting into the belly birth option, it's still going to be there. It's still going to exist yes. and it's going to manifest, but it, you're, you may not go through it on the day of your baby's birth, but it will come through. Um, yeah. And I think this is what we're not told, right? No, we're not totally told that you know the physical part is just the physical part yeah there's a mental birth an emotional birth a spiritual rebirth happening Mm -hmm. in like the biggest way possible and it's like it's like it's a rite of passage whether we whether we acknowledge it or not yeah and um and again i i'm saying this not to judge anybody who is this isn't about judgment. It's just about how we've been programmed to be in our bodies or not be in our bodies and how to receive what's coming through us in an organic way, or how much are we relying outside of ourselves for things to come through, like for divine to the divine to come through, whether that's expressed in a child or expressed in a, in your work or in a relationship, it's like, you know, and I, I'm, well, we were just kind of talking about this, like, and we've talked about this actually on the show with like social media too. It's like, you're on there and you're seeing so much. It's almost like hard to not have things infiltrate into the psyche, infiltrate into, and it's, it, it, I'm practicing right now. I'm in a sacred pause with social media. I'm not going on and posting and I'm trying to really limit how much I'm on there. And it's inter- it's been fascinating how much creativity has been springing from me just like this mm-hmm. well of like oh this is this is coming from me this is coming from me this is the thing that's wanting to come through this is what's wanting to be expressed right now oh my gosh like there's no shortage of it because i'm here and i'm centered in myself and i'm not 
I mean, and it's still all around me and there's still, but you know, it's returning back to the self and the center and not needing to change it, change how it's expressed or change or add more, or, you know, it's just like, it gets to be raw and unfiltered. Um, when you allow yourself to not be (laughs) observed, I like that really like that term, just like observed in that creative process. Absolutely. And it makes a huge difference in how you're able to express yourself because as much as we try even here on our podcast to um, allow ourselves to be fully expressed here, we are aware that you're listening to us right now and that alone (laughs) creates censorship and how how we end up showing up here Mm -hmm. even on a subconscious level it's I almost find I have to be more conscious in fully expressing myself in this space um rather than the opposite because it's easier to like censor (laughs) and we're really as we're entering into like season three here we we're challenging ourselves to be more expressed in this space and i think this is where this topic feels really relevant and exciting to bring and uh, there's a part of me that wants to bring a curveball here (laughs) do you want a curveball Sure. Okay. Just as you're speaking about being uncensored and, you know, we're here and we're aware of there's people listening and, and how this is just so fucking relevant to this topic. And I'm like, I don't know. So throwing a curveball at you and this is a little personal, but there was a part in the conversation that we're having where I felt triggered. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I was like, I want to speak to it or I want to name it. Yeah. But we're on the show right now. <laughs> Should I not do that? Like this is yeah. in, my, in my mind. And I'm like, no, just come back, be present. Yeah. And I'm like, but, but then I'm not being fully expressed. Oh yeah. And it was just around, you know, I love your story so much. I mm-hmm. love it so much. And, and I think the part that felt triggered was this feeling like I had this like ecstatic fucking rebirth in my birth and then feeling mm-hmm. that, but because it wasn't a free birth, it wasn't real. Mm. And that's not you. And that's no, not your no, story. That's no, I know me. that. Yeah. And wanting to be defensive or wanting to be like, you know what I mean? Totally. And so, and then, but trying to figure out like, how can I weave this in here without being defensive instead of just saying like, oh, that triggers me. That's so fascinating. And I think it's actually really important that we speak to our triggers in this space because if you're triggered by that there's it's undoubtedly 
other folks tuning into this that would feel triggered by it too. Yeah. I feel triggered by it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I feel like I need to defend my other baby's births. Mm. Because if I made this choice, which felt like the highest choice for Cora, why couldn't I have made that choice for my first baby Mm. or my second or my third? And with my third, there was some intervention that was unnecessary by my midwife. Um, That's not, maybe it'll be, there'll be time for us to speak to that at some point on the podcast, but, um, but like how, if, you know, like I, cause you would even ask me that, like, oh, could you have done this before? And it's like, I couldn't have, I didn't have the tools in my toolbox. I didn't have the previous experiences that I had. Um, and there's like, there is a small part of me that has grief for my, my other experiences because it wasn't, it was not the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess bringing it back to like the, what we were saying at the beginning. And for me, like in my work, which centers around the creation intelligence that is primal to us, it's like, and our our babies or our creations mm-hmm. are also having a, a say in how things exactly. roll out because I have to move through a specific initiation to receive this child or to receive this, mm. this divine line that's supposed to be coming through. And that has to be my process. And that's so- not to say, you know, it's not to um, bypass or to say like, Maybe we could choose higher things, but there's always in reflecting in hindsight, like everything that I moved through, I went through for a reason. And I, if I went through and I recounted everything, I know, and we still like Jim and I still like talk about the process and we still talk about the pregnancy and we still talk about, we break things down and how things had to be the way that they were because of, you know, it's just like, it's so big and it's so nuanced and it's so different for each person. And this is it, right? Undisturbed, even still so. Like my 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 experience isn't any less ecstatic to me because uh-huh. you got to have a certain kind of experience that I didn't have in my pre- or in my birth. Absolutely. And so yeah, it's just interesting. And it is totally interesting. And it still feels like it's still like this. It's still, it almost still feels alive, where it's like being witnessed in these past experiences or being observed or observing, you know, as we're telling these stories, it's still alive and it's still happening and it's still unfolding. And we're still integrating the experience. Like, I mean, I'm still integrating my first birth experience that was 17 and a half years ago. Like you're like, there are still lessons that come through and then no, and and I don't like, even though I am triggered and I have been like, I have done some work around like in sitting with, um, the, the contrast between my birth experiences (laughs) and I still wouldn't go back and do anything different. Like, I know that I, I wouldn't go back and do anything differently. And um, as you were speaking too, I was like, oh, did, 
it's like, I, it was like, oh, there's something wrong with me that wasn't able to hear the way that my other babies, what if they all wanted to be born this way, but I never heard their call, you know, like I'm not, I'm not that hard on myself. I'm really gentle with myself around this. And I would be lying if I wasn't, if, if I hadn't thought of that, Mm -hmm. if I hadn't sort of gone through what it could have been if, um, if I had been in the same place and at the same time, like I, I recognize that that would have been impossible mm-hmm. going, having the life experience and, um, and who I was at 21 birthing my first baby is a very different person than who is having their fourth at 38 mm-hmm. like a very like a totally different human was having Cora than who was having Sarah yeah in a lot of ways so yeah mm. it's interesting yeah. and if your twins had come through this year oh yeah that, that experience would be totally like there's just no way we can go back and no and I mean I I don't think I would change anything totally yeah like I loved I learned so much oh my god like so it was such a pre-fucking-found experience (laughs) like the like the pregnancy and just everything like it was so it was so insane like what happened for me on a personal level and how I changed from that experience but I only am the person I am now because I went through the experience that I did right Yeah. And so if I were to have another one, which I don't think I'm going to, but if I were, it would probably happen very differently. Mm. I can't say, I still don't know if I would be in a situation where I would do a free birth. I might, I would probably do a home birth, Mm -hmm. but anyways, I think, you know, this, I guess, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up just to call it out, but you know, this isn't, this isn't about shaming anybody or no, or, or that one way is right and another way is wrong, or that if, but I think I heard this at one point in a, on a podcast, and I honestly could not tell you who or what the podcast was. Um, but they were speaking to birth being this portal, and that we can learn so much from telling our stories. Yeah, but I think we live in a world right now, and I'm not, and outside of birth and everything that we talk about, everybody is so fucking triggered over everything. And everybody wants to cancel everybody over everything and everybody has the right way and it's better than everybody else's way. And if you don't subscribe to that way, then you should check yourself. You've got some work to do, (laughs) you know? And it's like, I feel like it stops us from sharing these stories because what what this person was saying on this podcast, and if I can figure it out, I'll I'll let you know, um, is like, we show up and we share like the on social media, like here's the birth weight and the time that the baby was born and everybody, you know, is happy and settling in or whatever, but we're not sharing the story, mm-hmm. the tale, the, the fucking rapture that occurs when you are bringing life into the world where everybody in the village benefits from these stories. Absolutely. I would agree. Your, your story benefits me when I hear it. it fucking sends chills to my bones mm-hmm. and it opens something. It opens a remembrance within me of that power that lives within. 
Mm-hmm. It opens something within me as a creator in my life. Mm-hmm. Just when you were sharing, you know, you, you know, you're talking about like this being undisturbed and, and, you know, unobserved and, you know, all of these, like, and I'm like, yeah, like that just, that sends something that sends a transmission in my body, this remembrance that I get to create in this way always. And mm-hmm. I think that this is the benefit. We not only learn how to care for each other and care for our mothers and care for our children and care for just each other in general, in birth, in life and death, but we also get to learn something about ourselves because whether you're, no matter where you are on the gender spectrum, no matter where you are, it applies to you because mm-hmm. this wisdom is in you. We all birth, we are all, we all come from a womb, whether mm-hmm. you can birth or, or you choose not to, or whatever it is, it's like this intelligence lives within us. And when we listen to these stories and we can acknowledge when we're triggered and move past that and actually, you know, take the wisdom from it and mm-hmm. let that permeate into ourselves, it sparks a remembrance of a power within us. Absolutely. And I love that you spoke to that because that has been something that's actually something that stopped me from sharing about my pregnancy and the choices I was making in my pregnancy. It stopped me from like publicly expressing my, my birth story. I thought I was going to much, much sooner. And I thought I was going to be like using this experience as part of my work. Like, I mean, my work, is in birth and holding space for birth. <laughs> and so I thought I was going to be speaking to this more because, um, uh, and, and it ended up being the exact opposite part of it because it feels so sacred to me. And then also I'd be lying if I didn't feel some hesitation in, in sharing it. Cause I don't want it to come off as like, this arrogant like thing that I feel like is the best way to have your baby either, because that that's not true. That's not how, mm. how I feel. Um, so, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I totally see that. And I get why that might be the case. And again, it's yeah. like we live in this world right now where sharing our stories and sharing our truth is not always received well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a fear, you know, there's a fear of it not being accepted or, you know, we being rejected because of that truth. I, I had the same experience. Yeah. yeah. Or for like judging others because of what we chose. Yeah. People think I'm judging you, but then we're hindering our truth. And yeah, it's just like, it's this weird thing that just doesn't how can we be fully expressed? How can we be free when that's the the vibe, when that's the energy that we're dealing with, you know? And I had that experience as well, like, which we've talked about before of like wanting to, and I did, I was very like, my experience postpartum, my experience, my pregnancy, like even now, like when I say like, I had an incredible pregnancy, I loved being pregnant. It was so amazing. Like with twins, it was amazing. I loved it. Loved it. I would do it again in a heartbeat and people being like, Oh, lucky for you. Or like, (laughs) you know, or people, and then feeling like, Oh, I shouldn't say that. Or, Oh, I should be like, Oh, but you know, 
and add some like shitty detail of the, the whole journey just to, you know, and it's just like, oh man, how can we tell these stories from a place where those stories can be held as just what they are. They're just stories of humans doing things in their lives and extracting wisdoms and lessons and things that can be shared with our village and our communities. And you don't have to take all of it. You can take pieces of it or you can throw it out if it doesn't apply to you, but absolutely, how much more free would we be in this world if we trusted ourselves to birth our babies in this way or birth our creations into this world in this way or create our relationships in this way. Mm-hmm. And then we were free to talk about it and share our stories and be inspired by each other and speak to the triggers when they come up and yes. through them. And honoring them. And it is interesting too, because when you even brought up your your trigger, I think in the past I would have wanted to defend or explain, but I didn't. I was like, yeah, I could see that being triggering because it triggers me too. <laughs> like, um, so it's because it, it's yeah, it's interesting. And seeing the medicine in in where um in where we feel triggered and allowing ourselves to go into it into that feeling versus going away and that's that's another piece of the self-sovereignty it's like is recognizing the the trigger and alchemizing it Mm, yeah not being afraid of it trusting that we can hold the trigger and move move it and move it and i feel like had i not brought that up I don't know. I think I would have gotten off the show and felt like incomplete that something wasn't said, or I feel so much more free. (laughs) I feel so much more, I don't know, just like, I feel better talking about it. I feel better. And then I can actually find the medicine and, you know, it's like, I feel it's like a grounding Mm -hmm. groundedness. Yeah. It takes the edge out of it. It's mm-hmm. and and then you're able to like receive whatever is meant to come through for you. And that's exactly I feel like how probably a lot of what you were doing in preparation for the free birth and also what I did for myself in my pregnancy was like allowing the triggers, allowing the shadows, allowing these like the darkness to come in and reveal to me more of the light. Um, but to trust, to trust ourselves, to be in that process, mm-hmm. even if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And then to find the people around you, the support, whether that's your partner or whatever it might be that can hold that space while you're moving through it. Without trying to change it or augment <laughs> Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's big. That piece, that piece is big. And doesn't that happen? Like all all of everybody listening, like, you know, in anything that we're creating, you know, new relationships, old relationships, 
Mm-hmm. You know, creative projects, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, it's like it brings the shadow, it brings the trigger. And how do we work with it so that we can we can move to a space where we are more closely aligned to that organic, ecstatic vibration of life and the the you know the pulse of creation that's wanting to come through from that i was actually just looking i haven't looked at this in a long time i'm just doing this on on the air so to speak um looking at my journal for my pregnancy with cora and this was written i was 10 weeks pregnant and this is wednesday i'm not gonna read the whole entry don't worry melissa (laughs) I was like, okay, she's getting comfy in her chair. <laughs> I promise I'll be really quick. Um, yeah, this is Wednesday, <laughs> February 17th. And I was 10 weeks pregnant. Um, anyway, today I'm 10 weeks pregnant. I feel so thrilled to have received another opportunity to carry life within my womb. Another opportunity to feel the connectedness, the life force, the beauty of it all is so overwhelming if I think about it too much. I'm visualizing birthing this baby every single day, imagining the first feel of their sweet head emerging from my yoni, and I'm so excited. This time I'm doing things differently. This time I'm committing to trust. Trust in the divine mother. Trust in my intuition. Trust in my baby. This time I'm stepping away from the scans and the Doppler. I don't want that technology. I don't need it. I feel this baby came to me for a deep purpose, one that is still unfolding. However, the biggest piece I feel so far is that this baby wants me to do things differently. This spirit is leading me to a knowing that I just never felt capable of. And I'm already so grateful. I could go on, but I'm going to (laughs) cry. That's so beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing to, to look back on the activation that I was feeling so early on in the pregnancy and, and you sharing a little bit of a glimpse into that process is really to my hope is for it to land in your heart as inspiration to, to do the thing, to, to follow, to follow your heart in birthing the creations in that live within you and to have the courage to do it with your whole heart because it's it, it and it's funny too not funny but interesting because the cora's name um we named her cora as the root of corazon um my husband is costa rican and corazon means heart in spanish um which is also courage and spirit and and love. So that that is Cora and that that is the experience of of bringing her into the world. It's all heart, all spirit and courage. Mm. So beautiful. 
And, you know, I, I feel like when we're following that, the heart and the courage and the spirit, it's like, sometimes it's going to ask us to do things that are not comfortable. Absolutely. Sometimes it will ask us to do things that don't make sense. Yeah. Sometimes it will ask us to do things that make your <laughs> brain just explode with disbelief at what you are about to do. <laughs> and it's like, and can you trust it and do it anyway? Like, I think, it, you know, it's really, yeah, it's like listening to that, listening to that inner dialogue, listening to that wisdom and, and knowing that it's not just coming from you, that there's, well, it's a co-creation. Co-creation. Well, I can't not share this now because the next sentence in my job, <laughs> like, so grateful for the options that seemed so unreachable, unthinkable before. Am I going to free birth this baby? Is she going to lead me to an ecstatic birth experience? Reveling in the space of beginning, the space of exploration. Mm. Spoiler alert, she does free birth the baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, what? I love that. I love it. Hearing the call and then answering the call. Isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. The Yoni code. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> what that is that? I feel like that is the Yoni code. Yeah. Can you slow down? Can you tune in? Can you hear your heart's whisper and not only hear what wants to come through you and how it wants to come through you, but listen, don't just hear it, but listen to it and act on it. Can you, can you do that? Can you bring union to that? And uh, yeah. And when it doesn't make sense and when it doesn't even feel like it's possible. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is like another phase, like a phase that I'm in actually right now, which is so perfect mm. of just like, yeah, talking about how I've, you know, it's something a lot smaller than this, but like taking a step back from social media, I'm in this sacred, another sacred pause, like the second one of this year. And I'm like, fuck, I've just like spent so much invested so much of my energy and like creative power, like sharing and, and cultivating here. And like, I'm just going to stop. Like, does that make sense? Mm. And like right now I was like, I don't know how, how this is even going to work. Like, I don't even know like what is even going to happen. And it's been so incredibly powerful for me to trust that and like follow the follow it I don't know what's going to happen but I'm like doors are opening things are happening other things that I could not see are now appearing because I'm listening to what is being birthed through me right now mm. everything that I'm creating right now everything that I have been creating since before the babies and this whole like seed of rebirth that was planted is now like it's been unfolding and unfolding and unfolding and I haven't been able to see where it's going and how it and I've been trying I was trying to make it fit in a certain box mm -hmm. and like the call inside and I don't think it's coming from me I think it's coming from what I'm bringing into the world right now is like 
break out of the box. You're not supposed to be in the box. Get out. Mm. Get out. Just try. Just try it. Just go. Go. (laughs) You know, and like really listening to that. And I've got to say, it's been pretty eye opening and heart expanding Mm. and creativity inducing to just little things that feel big, but little things that you can do that really allow this expression to come through, not just for you, but for what you're bringing into the world that also has its own unique consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I feel so inspired by this conversation too, to just keep listening to that call and keep communicating, keep that communication going. Absolutely. And giving yourself permission to, to, um, to explore, like to step into the exploration and, and letting that be a big part of the journey is, is the exploration around how it wants to come through and, and sort of experimenting with that. Yeah. I like that. Cause it's not like you're like, Oh, I'm making this decision. Okay. Here we are. Like, it's like, you're being eased into yes, it and, and there is a flow. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. are we doing oh, okay? And then, Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here's a wave. Here's like something I've got to navigate. Oh, here's another initiation. Like we're expect expecting things to come up, expecting that we're going to be invited deeper into the process with each, uh, you know, each belief that needs to be busted up and, or each circumstance that arises that we need to deal with. Like all of these things are an invitation to deepen into what we're being pulled into. And we can say no, and we can say, no, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to experience that. I'm good. I'm just going to go continue to do the thing that I was doing. You can do that. You totally can do that. And that's okay. And what if we explored that unhindered creative being and expansion that comes with it Mm -hmm. that that you can't expand without some level of discomfort? Yeah. So, and (laughs) too, like it it overlays over birth so perfectly too, because birth is not linear. It's a spiral and the creative process is not linear. It's a spiral. So allowing that spiral to move through us and not judging it, mm. stepping back and, and just being the, the witness rather than the observer of the process. Cause a witness doesn't judge or project into the space, a witness reflects back and and allows for the experience to unfold so yeah Mm. let's go create some magic melissa (laughs) i'm down (laughs) i'm down to party (laughs) thank you for for joining us here on the coder yoni codes Thanks for joining us. Thanks for spiraling with us. Ooh. Into while we birthed this conversation. conversation. Yeah. I mean, 
I knew that something magical was going to come from it. I was excited to see where it landed. And I feel like it landed exactly where it was meant to. See you next week. Yeah, thank you. We are so excited to be back for season three. And if this episode uh, moved you, inspired you, if you enjoy these conversations as much as we do, it would be so amazing if you could share with a sister, share with a friend, um, or you could also uh, give us a five-star rating on your platform of choice. You could write us a review. All of these ways are ways that you can support us in continuing to uh, show up and record and and, and have these, uh, these powerful Yoni codes come through. So thank you. Thank you so much thank for you. being here. Yeah, and I'd like to invite you to check out the link in, in our show notes and to join our newsletter where we send out occasional love notes and invitations so to, to community gatherings and online circles. So please, please check that out. Yeah, we'll see you next week.